building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. Hello and welcome. Hi, Patty. Hi, Angela. So today in Building Better Relationships, we're looking at rediscovering yourself and rebirth. So we had an interesting time coming up with this topic because I think, Patty, you were expecting a few extra people in your life at the time not you you weren't expecting but you're expecting some other small children that belong to your children and and rebirth sort of popped into our heads as a topic that that has many applications in our life and rebirth is also an old idea so today I'm going to be sharing some of the old ideas and how to apply it to modern relationships and also Patty's going to look at how to take rebirth and the old ideas of rebirth and how to bring it to career transitions and what what to do in career transi- transition. So Patty, can you share um, the definition of rebirth that you discovered when you were doing the preparation research for the podcast? Sure. Each day is a new beginning. The sun rises and the sun sets. Time to release the old and start again. Wiping the slate clean. It's often difficult to release bad situations, relationships, or past regrets. Rediscovering is about looking forward to the future and letting go of the past which is holding us back on what we really want in life. When you watch a sunrise, it affirms a brand new day and life continues to go on. In the cycle of life, plants die in the fall and rebirth in the spring. There is a time to end and a time to begin. The test is facing the fear of transition or change and be willing to rediscover yourself. This was inspired by Denise Lynn from her Oracle Cards, Soul Coaching. So that's the test part. So in um, there's so many pieces to that which I could break down. And today we're going to we're going to look at how to use some of the old archetypal meanings of rebirth to look at how to address life changes because everything's about change in modern life these days. It doesn't seem to be, I mean, that's one of the old Greek teachings that the only constant in life is change, but we're actually starting to experience that really rapidly. So rebirth was always something that was connected to nature. I love how it's talking about the, the cycle of rebirth during the day. And rebirth is also represented through the cycle of the seasons. Uh, In Sydney next month in May, I'm going to be sharing a taste of how to start using the seasons, uh, which is unique in each part of the world. Uh, If anyone's noticed the climate changing recently, uh, one of the reasons we're seeing such dramatic climate change is because humanity in general is very out of sync with the cycle of, of our own rhythms. 
and that's being reflected in the environment around us. So I know a lot of people have other scientific theories, but from the esoteric point of view and the spiritual teachings, when humanity becomes out of sync with nature, we get disasters in the climate. And if you've watched, been watching Game of Thrones recently, that's the whole one of the big mythic elements of Game of Thrones. When humanity becomes out of sync with each other, then the nature becomes a threat and becomes disastrous, actually. So um, one of the things I teach in meditation is how to start aligning to the rhythms of nature through the season. So I'm in Sydney and that's the southern hemisphere and we're moving into winter, we're still in autumn. And in the northern hemisphere, you're in spring. So you're around the Easter season, you're discovering so much around that rebirth that comes through spring. So any time we're looking at the cycles of nature as well, you can look at how you're working with those cycles. It doesn't mean that you have to always be in sync with the cycles. And I'm going to look later on how to start using your connection to the cycles within your life because nature has cycles but also life has cycles and Patty's going to look at that in some really interesting cycles that happen through our changes in career or our changes in life which create dramatic shift in cycles. It's kind of like you know when you go to school and you get to grade six and you've got to change schools. That's a huge life cycle for, for modern kids. Kids in the past didn't have that transition. But in the past, a lot of kids had a transition that's represented by the bar mitzvah or by other cycles of growth into puberty. So we sort of do it in modern culture from grade six and there's a change to a new school. So that's where we're trying to connect to those cycles of change in our life. Um, so the, the other piece I wanted to share is a, a constant rhythm in our nature of, of our culture, which comes from the seasons of um, time that comes from agricultural society. So, Patty, I was wondering if you could share that chapter or verse from the Bible where it talks about uh, the, the seasons of change in our culture of civilization. Be happy to. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. It's so interesting because in our modern culture, I think we're so averse to things like hate. When, when they said a time to hate, I can't think that people would say, yeah, it's a good thing to do. 
that's there is a time to hate. We're so adverse to having strong negative emotions. We think that's a bad thing or a wrong thing. But in fact, what what that Bible verse is suggesting or offering us an opportunity to contemplate is that you will have negative experiences in your heart. You might have hate in your relationships. You might we're going we have an upcoming talk, topic about hate for your boss. Uh, that's a part of moving through big things in our lives that we have to literally experience perhaps through emotions that may feel negative and they may feel bigger than we are. The emotions might feel all-consuming as well. So I wanted to address an old concept or practice from agricultural society. And, and remember that the biblical verses were written when people were, everybody except for the really rich were involved in agricultural practice. You woke up when the sun rose, you went out and you tended the crops or you tended the fields or the animals. To some degree, everybody was dependent on that, even the, the nobles and the rich. And one of the concepts from agricultural society that developed was that the soil itself needed to be left alone at some period in the year, and it's called leaving the soil to go fallow. So in that Bible verse, it's saying there's a time for everything, but it doesn't mention this period of where there's a transition point. And I think today what Patty and I are going to be sharing with you are about how to become agents of that transition from when you have maybe a big career shift or a big relationship block or obstacle or challenge and how to allow this point of transition to then allow rebirth to flourish. Uh, so in the, the fallow period, the field and the soil was literally left alone. And you might have heard of the concept crop rotation. I always thought that was a strange something I heard in the young ones in the 80s for the first time. Don't laugh, I used to watch the young ones and that's how I heard about crop rotation. So crop rotation was literally a concept used by also Aboriginal Australians, which they did by literally Aboriginal Australians would use a piece of land and then move to another piece of land to allow that land itself to regenerate. And in our modern culture, we lose touch with that, with our bodies, with our lives, because we're just in this churn mill from year to year. And we get out of sync with a lot of these old practices that come from very physical practices where we had to leave pieces of land to regenerate, recharge. And if any of you know any alternative farming practices, they actually do a lot of things to nurture that soil as well while it's recharging. Sometimes it's just blessing it. Sometimes it's actually adding certain blood and bone elements to it. Sometimes it's putting um, certain old crops on top of it to decompose as well. So rebirth by its very physical practice in letting the, the land to go fallow is also about looking at what things in your um, life that are around you that you can let go, that you can let go and bless as you let go to then allow that soil to be renew, refresh, to allow something new in your life to come up. So that's one concept I wanted to share with you because in our society we sort of tend to have this expectation that somehow if you have a huge crisis or negative emotion or experience at work or home, you should just sort of um, solve Push it. it. 
Yeah, or to push it down. <laughs> oh, push it down. Okay, push it down. And then what? what? What should we do after we push it down? A lot of people don't deal with it. All oh, right, so we push it down and don't deal with it. Because another thing I've seen is that people go, oh, well, just do some sort of um, new age technique and get over it quick. I've seen a lot of young people say, well, change your mindset. And uh, to me, that doesn't actually deal with the big thing that you're trying to push down. It doesn't give it the space. It doesn't allow yourself to go fallow, to let go of perhaps something old that's no longer useful and give yourself a process to do that, a process of could be a couple of weeks, a month. And, it, and in some cases, especially, yes. yeah, yeah. So I wanted to look at um, how this follows for people in career transition. I know, Patty, you've worked a lot on career transition in, in your 30 years of working with leadership and in management and for, with executives and also managing teams. And you've worked with people in all sorts of age brackets. So um, the example that we were looking at in particular was um, – well, this is just one age bracket that you're looking at. Say you're approaching 50 and 50 years of age and you're yeah, looking. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Angela. Oh, yeah. Just no, I wanted you to jump in and just share about that okay. age bracket. Okay. So a lot of us, when we turn 50, our life is we're in a transition. Our kids are moving on. They're grown up now. They're um, having their own kids, possibly. They're going to college. We're becoming empty nesters. Sometimes when we hit 50, divorce happens. All different things happen. And a lot of times you look back at your life and you think, okay, I haven't really done anything for me. And it's time to reflect, okay, I'm in this job that I hate. I've been doing it for so many years. What's left for me? Where am I going? What's happening to me? Why am I feeling this way? You talk to people that are close to retirement, and it's really hard for them to figure out why they're feeling the way they are. They have these mixed emotions, some good, some bad. When, you, when you're looking back and you're thinking of all the things that you've done in your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you're thinking, I just can't do this anymore, this is where transition comes in and you think about, okay, where do I want to go from here? Some people, when they get to the empty nesters, they focus so much on their children that they gave up everything that they enjoyed in life because they were so busy focusing on their children. And they can go into depression. It's really good to start, when your kids get older, getting a hobby, thinking about a what am I going to do after they leave? Have friends. Enjoy your family. Do things that make you happy. A lot of people are, they've 
climbed the corporate ladder. Now they have this big house, brand new car, but they come home to nothing. It's time to downsize. It's time to think about, okay, what can I do now? Can I make this change? Am I willing to take that leap of faith and do something different? And what what is that something different? Do I get a hobby? Do I find another job? Do I go back to school? All of those things to do a career transition or even a life change. Patty, when you were talking about uh, the empty nesters or parents or someone in their 50s, and I think this can happen for those in their 40s too, when they get depressed because they've given everything to their kids and they're suddenly realising, oh, my kids are not talking to me anymore, they've got a life, I'm no longer important. What is, in your experience, what has been the cause of the depression? What has been the thoughts? It's hard to let go, and it's hard to see that they're gone, and you want to spend time with them, but they're so busy climbing the corporate ladder, having kids, having a relationship. They're busy in their own lives and trying to make time for you. People go into a little bit of the empty nester feeling um, that they've lost. They're grieving. They're grieving. I've lost my babies. (laughs) And um, that can be really heartbreaking. Right. That makes, that helps me understand because it's the thing about that the focus or the feeling is of losing something and I think sometimes people don't understand that that's an important preparation because yeah, you're going to be losing things all the way through life and sometimes your children are the biggest teachers about that. And if you start preparing for it when they're in their teenage years and you start getting a hobby or um, and start breaking away easily, it won't be so much of a shock and you won't go into that depression or anxiety about losing your child and us as parents were there to raise them and to leave the nest and to have great lives and be happy and be excited about them having a career and children and all of those things and then Being a a grandparent is the most wonderful thing you can ever experience. It's so much different than when you're raising your kids. Patty, you teach a lot about work-life balance as well. And this idea of getting a hobby, um, I haven't heard about it in your program, but what it's bringing up for me is the question around um, why do we, in general, get to a sort of midlife and sort of think, oh, I, everything should be about my kids or what have I created, but we don't think about something new. We're more focused on maybe identifying ourselves as the past 
and what we brought into the world or what we did in our career, but we're resistant to maybe getting a hobby. Why do we kind of behave like, oh, I don't want to do something new. What, what do I do? We get lost in a way. Yes, we're, we're so busy with the day-to-day that we don't take time for us. And we feel guilty if we do. Because there's so much to do and taking time for yourself doesn't seem justified. But if you don't, burnout happens. And burnout happens fast. And a lot of people get burnout when they hit 40, 50, 60. And it can and it can also cause physical harm to your body as well. Mm. People start having panic attacks, anxiety, actually having a heart attack. Those kind of things start happening when you hit burnout. And you've mentioned one of your blog posts in the description and it brings up this idea of lifescaping so can you talk about the lifescaping as a strategy what what is lifescaping yes um, what's holding you back in life we're so busy um, with everything else that we're ignoring everything around us and ignoring ourselves and that is what lifescaping is, is you may be avoiding things that you need to address. And a lot of times when we're in a career that we no longer like, that we just like going to work every day and we're hitting that snooze button, we're lifescaping because we're not dealing with it. And so there's another way to do life skating, scaping that actually helps you to deal with it. What else can life scaping do? Or maybe you can share some other tips. Where if you're if you're hitting the snooze button and dreading <laughs> your life, like you're focusing on where you're stuck or not yes. able to make change, what are some of the tips that you can share to rediscover yourself when you're in career well, transition? One of the things that I do talk about is making a career journal. And that you can start in your teens through your whole life. And a career journal, you kind of, you, you put all of these different things through your career and what you like, what you don't like, all of those things to guide you. So when you get to your 50s and you're thinking oh I wish I had done this you have some things to pull from or draw from or work towards also you st what I recommend is you brainstorm about your career goals and ideas constantly think about am I happy here am I making a difference you also, if you're really, really serious, hire a career coach to get you to where you want to be. Have a strategy, have a plan, go back to school. When you, you know, 
just like me, I be I started five years into before I retired. I went and became went and got my certification in career uh, into coaching. I had a plan. I had an exit plan. I knew where I was going, and so that I wouldn't get to where I didn't know where I was going. You know, get advice from mentors. What if if you're on a career path where you want to continue to keep moving up, or you see somebody that you want, you like like them, and you want to go in their direction with a career, ask advice, get a mentor so that you can go in that, go in that way. And the big thing is developing your career plan and following it and taking action towards it. And keep yourself motivated and inspired with a hobby or your action plan or your career transition. Because if you have something to look forward to, you won't get depressed or demotivated because you have that inspiration to keep you going. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. I really like the idea of journaling from teenage years because I think one of the things that gets anchored when you leave school, high school, is I don't know what I want to do. But if you have this sort of journal which is saying, well, I really like this, I don't like that, and then you start to keep doing that through your 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s, then you can refer back, well, I've always liked this since I was in my 20s or I always liked that since I was a teenager. And now I'm, I'm fulfilling that through a hobby or now I'm fulfilling that through a relationship or now I'm fulfilling that through a career change or a, a new addition to my career. And But it's all done because you've started this inner connection to yourself about your likes and dislikes, not about what you can't change, but what you want to you grow into and what doesn't. Right. And one thing you want to do is before you do a, a career change, you might want to go and volunteer. You may want to go and volunteer in that type of job. Like say you want to work in a hospital, go volunteer. Say you want to go work with uh, kids, go volunteer first. Because if you volunteer first and you figure out, oh, I don't like this, you're not halfway already committed yourself doing that career change and realizing, oh, I'm not going to like this either. <laughs> so, <laughs> and ask people, what do you like about the job? What don't you like about the job? And when you're volunteering and you're making connections and people are going to be honest with you, and that's going to tell you, do I want to do this or do I not want to do this? Yeah. And in the future, it's going to be quite likely people are changing so many careers. So for me, the career journal works like an anchor or a self-reference point because society is changing faster mm -hmm. and faster. And you can also just rely on society to determine your life. But if you can get a sense of what am I wanting to create or what gives me pleasure or where can I share myself and have the most impact, that's going to give you a, a stronger way to navigate periods of change and transition. Right. And a lot of people will start with a hobby and realize, oh, wow, 
I really enjoyed this. I want to do this for a living. Or they go and volunteer for something and they say, oh, I really enjoy this. I want to do this for a living. And then you, then you start putting your action plan together and your steps to get there. And that could, that could happen in your 30s. Right. So, Patty, uh, you've got some great self-reflection questions. I don't know if you wanted to share them at this point. Sure. Um, okay. What have I learned about my career position? How have I made a difference? What do I really enjoy and want to do with my life? What should I consider thinking about, should I consider thinking about a career change? And, and you know, you have to kind of think where you're at. Can you, can you do this? How long will it take to do it? Do I have to go back to school for four years before I can have this career? Is there certification? Is there not certification? Can I go be an apprentice? Can I afford to? Those are the things, and you have to have your plan and, you, and make sure that you have a good plan, a solid plan, to get there to where you want to be. So I wanted to share now um, some tips on reinventing yourself from the um, the relationship point of view. So sometimes, um, like we're sharing before, there's sometimes an overlap between a career change or a career uh, necessity to change because of relationship challenges or uh, such as the kids growing up and you're not so important or divorce. Um, another one is becoming a caregiver as well and sometimes your whole life goes upside down and you're suddenly no longer looking at life in the same way because someone in your home is sick or dying or needs extra care or you just don't have the same focus in your life anymore because your, your relationships are changing that focus. So one of the strategies I wanted to share on if your relationships are turning um, in a direction that seems traumatic, chaotic, not the way that you feel you want, and you, you need to rediscover how to address not just your relationship but yourself, it always starts with looking at the relationship with yourself. Um, similar to what Patty was sharing with the career journal, you've got such a great tool when you're actually looking at what are your motivations and your demotivations as well. So I'm going to look at um, some tips on how do you um, re rediscover yourself within your relationship. So <laughs> I always say you start with yourself and the, the way to look at your relationships then is to look at all of the relationships that you have what of those relationships are particularly frustrating? So some of you, it might be all of your relationships, right? There might be some relationships, sometimes in your life, where all of your relationships seem to be frustrating. That's okay. If that's so, then just write all of those down. So make a list of all of the relationships. <laughs> Could be your job, work, friendships, partner, finding a partner. Could be having a child. Um, it could be 
as a parent or as a grandchild of, uh, or sorry, daughter, daughter or adult daughter or son of a, a parent, could be being a carer. So make a list of all the relationships and then prioritize as much as you can what's the most annoying or stultifying is the word that comes to mind. One that really makes you feel like, ugh, it's really stuck. It's really almost kind of has a stultifying or death type like feeling. So there's something there in the relationship that's trying to wake you up to some point of stillness that's required. And in our own relationships, that point of stillness is as simple as self-reflection. It's something in our society, we're so quick to judge and blame and whinge. In Australia, we say whinge, we complain. But we don't go still and go inside. And this is a point of not necessarily the rebirth, but the fallow field that we're coming to before the rebirth can happen in any any self-awareness process or any relationship. So when you find that relationship after you've listed them or drawn a picture of them, look at the, the next question I've offered is, what is this area, this relationship, reflecting to you that is no longer giving you what you want? What is it showing you that is no longer giving you what you want? So if you're a parent and you've got a child that's avoiding you, what is that relationship showing you that you're no longer, it's no, the relationship is no longer giving you what you want? There's something there you want from that child and parent relationship, but you're not getting it. And then the second question is which relationship feels old, tired, or broken? Which relationship feels old, tired, or broken? So often when I work with clients, what I discover is that they are so good at knowing what's not working. They're really good at telling me, oh, this person, they've done this and they did this and they did do And I have to stop them from session to session. It's like, okay, we've, we've covered this because we're so good at practicing dysfunction or broken or old things in relationships. We kind of carry them around like a bad rotting sack of potatoes and we still expect people to listen to it <laughs> and and that's the thing that needs to have a new way of looking at the situation and even though it might have heaps of old emotion that's also old emotion that's trapped in the family or your family dynamic and sometimes we we take that into our work relationships or our friendships so sometimes if your family's too traumatic the same old thing that you're carrying will filter out into your work environment or your friendships and that can be a gentler way to do it than with your family which may be more too front full on too for um too much of the old stuff coming back to you so the final piece then once you see that old or tired thing is what is the pattern or habit that you can change or let go of to stop repeating the old pattern in the relationship. I'm going to share a quick example of that. The pattern or habit that you can let go of to stop repeating the old pattern in the relationship. So this happened to me um, through quite a lot of relationships, but then I, instead of going to my outer relationships, I went to more the family relationships. And what I noticed from early childhood patterns was that I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. 
And it was the first habit that I, I recognized when I started asking these questions. I've got this very strong habit, 40 plus years of pushing to try and make things different. I'll just be a better girl if I do this. I'll just be more popular if I say that. Push, 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 push. And so now the habit I do to replace or interrupt that, to encourage a still point, is I say, well, I notice when I'm pushing. I notice the habit of pushing in myself. And then I ask the question, why? Why am I pushing? Who am I pushing for? And that automatically then stops me from doing it. And then I start to invite another way of being. It's, it's a little bit different to trying to, um, when you're breaking other habits such as addiction, you might need to call up a friend or you might need to exercise, you might need to take 10 breaths. For me, it's a bit more subtle because the habit of pushing has been so strong. I actually have to stop what I'm doing and allow my body to come to a still point and wait and wait and wait and wait. So I do meditations and many other things, but sometimes I just stare into space, which was another habit I used as a child. I used to stare into space and that allows a still point. And then I've interrupted the habit of pushing and many other creative things can happen in my, um, in my body and my personality and my being. So for each person that will be different. But to find that pattern that you can change is going to actually stop the relationship dynamic that usually allows an old thing in your relationship to continue that really, really should be brought to rest and it should be allowed to stop. To stop. We sometimes in relationships have to stop ourselves from reacting from old patterns that are really tired. So that's what I have to share for the main relationship. And, and Patty and Patty I have got and some got offerings some we'd like to just, to just finish, finish for you with. In terms of, terms of rebirth, if you have any questions around rebirth or discovering things in your life, we do have comments on the Facebook and also you can also contact Patty and myself through the contact information in the podcast through our Facebook pages. And also, Patty, what would be the best way for people to get in touch with you? They can comment in our Facebook page or they can go to my website, www.coachingforinspirationwithpattyandpatty'swithanI.com. And I'd be happy to answer any questions for them. And I do have a blog post on the Career Journal that gives tips on how to make a career journal if you're interested in that. And I also have a blog post on when we talked about lifescaping. Yeah. Bring you back. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at um, one of my habits. So I'm going to have to check out lifescaping again. I know I read it, but I need to go back. And for those of you interested in letting go of those old habits in relationship, um, I call it karma as well. So if you are in any way attracted to that and you would like to look at releasing karma in your family and in your relationships, why not set up a free relationship clarity call with me? I've got the link in the description as well. And you can also, if you're in Sydney, join me for a movement med meditation in Sydney, May 11th, where we discover how to align with nature and bring ourselves back into those natural rhythms that allow us to get ability to look at how to move out of old habits with more grace or more 
simplicity as well. So thanks everyone for joining and thanks Patty. This has been an interesting topic. Yes. Thank you for all for listening and thank you, Angela. Okay. Thanks everyone. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the anchor donate button. We really value your feedback. Oh, 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 oh,